Hello and welcome to The Nourished Wrap, a podcast brought to you by The Balanced Nutritionist, a clinic based in Brisbane, Australia, specialising in personalised nutrition centred around real food. This podcast features clinical nutritionists, Katie King and Nicole Bentz, as well as special guests. Please remember that the ideas and concepts discussed in this podcast do not replace individualized medical advice. If you love the podcast, find The Balanced Nutritionist on Facebook and Instagram. For more info or to book an in-clinic or Skype consult, check out our website www.thebalancednutritionist.com.au. For now, tune in and be inspired. Hi everyone, welcome to The Nourished Wrap. We've had um, a little bit of a break, um, but we're back and we're going to be back on a regular basis. Um, we have made some changes. Um, this is Katie King here and today I'm here with Nicole Bentz, clinical nutritionist Nicole. So Nicole and I are going to be leading the podcast from now on. So thanks for coming on, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Um, so just a few changes that have happened. So um, Jess is doing really, really well as a new mum and so is Ruben. Um, they're both really healthy. Um, we've unfortunately unable to do the podcast on a logistical basis together anymore um, because we just live too far apart and Jess isn't back at full-time work at this point. So I'm taking on the podcast with Nicole who also works here at The Balanced Nutritionist two days a week <clears throat> just so that we can keep the ed- education going um, and share share with you guys um you know the message um which is basically eat real food um for health if you're you know jess has got some amazing content particularly if you're a new mum so if you head over and follow jess's social media channels jessica cheney nutrition um and check out her website as well she's very very active there and i have no doubt that she'll be um probably starting another podcast of her own focusing on those areas So for today, um, Nicole and I wanted to open up um, our our first podcast together and talk about something that, A, we've been seeing in clinic a little bit lately as as things tend to come in waves, and B, something that is very um, responsive to nutrition, and and that is the female hormonal condition of polycystic ovarian syndrome. So Nicole um, is just going to start by just rolling into a very quick definition of PCOS um, for us. Yeah. Yeah. So PCOS is it's basically a group of symptoms um, that's uh, relating to anovulation and high level of androgen. So what that basically means is um, the key feature is kind of irregular um, or absent menstrual cycles, typically late periods or uh, too many days of bleeding. And along with signs of high androgens, which are um, things like facial and body hair in females where it shouldn't be, acne, hair loss, and those sorts of things. Um, and there also can be some um, cysts on the ovaries as well as PCOS. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a brief overview of PCOS. Did you want to go into kind of some of the other symptoms that we might experience? Yeah, definitely. So the high androgens is just your male hormones, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess we, what we want to emphasize out of that is it's not our job to diagnose, it's a GP or a gynecologist role to diagnose. But um, what we like to emphasize to our clients when we see them in here is that remember it's a syndrome, it's just a collection of symptoms. Yeah. 
that then classify you as having PCOS. It's not a ticket to infertility or a ticket for life or a, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to get diabetes. It's just a set of symptoms that you classify, so therefore you have this condition. That's right, yep. Cool. Um, yeah, and we, you know, statistically affects like 20% of women. Yeah, one in five, they say, that yeah. affects. Yep. Which is really a lot. It is, yep. I think I've even heard um, statistics as high as one in three as well. Really? From other sources, so... Yeah, definitely it's quite common and, and that's not to downplay that, you know, it, it is serious but, like, you're not alone if you're listening and you've been diagnosed with PCOS. And it is something that really responds well to nutrition and dietary um, changes and lifestyle changes, yep. Yeah, and that's really why we wanted to talk about it today because we don't want people to think that the only answer to PCOS is, oh, I, I need to go on the pill or... Uh, I'm never going to get a period, so I'm never going to have a baby, and that's just what's going to happen. We want to talk about how would we treat someone with PCOS if they walked in here today. So before we talk about that, um, I guess we wanted to kind of relate to some of the people who have PCOS and, and some of the things that they might be feeling, which are more than, but which are common and and just come with the condition. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, we obviously mentioned the the uh, uh, facial and body hair and the acne and the hair loss that you can get. Yeah, but there's so also... that facial hair, like, sometimes is, like, almost people feel like they have... Like, I often see people with PCOS, they get their lips waxed and... Yeah, so down hair. the side of their face yeah. and... Yeah. And it can be a real source of embarrassment It as can well. be, yeah. yeah. Um, typically losing, losing hair or really thinning hair on the top of the head as well, which can also be, you know, a source of frustration for mm. female clients. And you had a client who had that the other day, didn't you? Yes, yep. yeah. 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 Um, the other thing is, is kind of uh, mood changes. So anxiety, depression can also come along with it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, people with PCOS definitely can find it more challenging to lose weight. Yes. Um, because it is related to um, insulin resistance. So putting that in simple terms, people are, they really have to be very careful with sugar. It's going to have a quite a serious effect on them yes definitely um you know and then sometimes definitely acne obviously yes um and i think this you know what an unfortunate thing is when people feel as though that they have pcos so therefore they'll never have a regular period so therefore they must do ivf or they have to do you know they're going to be infertile which i definitely is not the case well especially not the way that we can what some of the tools we have and some of the research around how nutrition and lifestyle can help with PCOS. That's right, yeah. All right, so let's talk about... Okay, so you had a couple recently, Nicole. So let's talk about, you know, somebody with PCOS comes into the clinic. Like, what's the first thing that we do, obviously? Well, with any client that comes into the clinic, we take a full case history. So um, you're not your condition or your symptoms or your disease. You are you, and we want to know exactly what's going on with you and... And, and, you know, see, meet you where you're at, get a full um, case history, basically, what's going on for you. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And <clears throat> we've, like, listed all these symptoms that are typical of PCOS, but some people might only have one or two of them or they might have other symptoms that maybe aren't quite so typical. So we want to know what's the baseline for you so that then we can work with you and come back to that baseline and go, okay, what's changed, what's improved, 
you know, how are we tracking? Exactly. And, and a part of that baseline is, as well as perhaps getting some testing if, if the client already hasn't, you know, um, had any tests done is maybe doing some pathology testing or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot we can find out from, from blood tests. Yeah. So some of the things that we might test for and we can sort of organise ourselves if they haven't been done already yep. um, would be... Um, well, we want to look at the hormones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we want to get an idea of, um, is this person ovulating at all? Um, Blood sugar levels as well is a big one. Yep. Yep. Insulin. Um, what's going on with their androgen levels? So particularly their testosterone, their free testosterone is, is that elevated? Do we need to treat that? That's going to help us as far as maybe what sort of supplementation might be recommended to the client. Yep. That's it. Um, one thing we just recently brought into the clinic was looking at, um, blood sugar levels, but also insulin levels. Yes. So, um, because you can look at blood sugar levels and they can be normal, but somebody might be pumping out a whole lot of insulin to keep those levels normal. Yeah. Yep. So it's really important to compare the two. Yeah. Yep. The other thing is just doing things like, um, you know, tracking. So tracking your, your cycle, mm. um, tracking... In an app, easy. In an app, yeah, very easy. There's so many good apps out there, you know. And also um, tracking signs of um, ovulation. Mm-hmm. So things like cervical mucus um, or, you know, tracking your temperature and those sorts of things to see whether you are actually ovulating or not. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's like, things that you can do at home and then there's you know there's tests that you can order as well that you know that can give us a good baseline but i mean definitely one of the most important things is just that full symptom picture to start off with yep okay so um that would be probably where we would start and then obviously we're all about kind of personalized um prescriptions as far as nutrition and supplementation here in clinic but um you know, there's probably three areas to look at and we could start with nutrition, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, we always really start with food, don't we? I mean, yeah. um, and it, you know, starting with a good whole foods diet is, is a basis that we, we want to work from. Yeah. Um, so making sure that, you know, that you're getting enough veggies and quality protein, fruit, you know, um, starting there and then building on that with yeah. other nutrients, definitely. So some of the things, I mean, there's lots of information about PCOS and diet probably available on the internet. Um, a few things like protein's really important, definitely. Yes, yep. protein. Um, so yeah, getting enough adequate protein, particularly for around for breakfast, we yeah. find that lots of clients just aren't getting enough good quality protein for breakfast, and then that kind of affects their blood sugar levels. Um, okay, so protein for breakfast is really important. Yeah. And just adequate protein in the diet. Yeah, definitely. Full stop. Um, sugar is something else we want to address with PCOS. Yeah, definitely. We do, we want to really cut out most of the sugar out yep. of the diet. Yeah. Particularly fructose, but not whole fruits, right? <clears throat> no, whole fruits are okay. A couple of pieces of whole fruit a day is, is good. Um, yeah. But, you know, things like soft drinks and lollies and cakes and pastries. And, and even all dried fruits. Dried fruits. You know, healthy paleo. Fruit drinks. Fruit drinks, yeah. Yeah, healthy paleo sweets. That's definitely something that's like can have a lot of fructose in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reason for cutting out sugar is because really um, insulin resistance is that 
sort of driver of PCOS in most cases. So yeah. <clears throat> um, we want to make sure that there's not too much sugar going in. Um, there's some good research for um, like doing um, things like the 8-16 approach and a little bit of intermittent fasting with PCOS as well. Yeah. That can help with insulin resistance. Can, yep. Yep. I think, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, a lot of people who come and see us, whether it's for PCOS or something else, and, you know, I can relate to this today, a client even said to me, you know what, I actually, I probably know what I need to do, but I need somebody to keep me accountable and I need somebody to help me with some structure. Yes. So sometimes it's not necessarily about, well, I know I have to do these things, but it's actually working with someone to come up with a plan and some kind of structure where you're accountable to putting them into place. Yep. Yeah. Cause I think that's part of like, that's probably can sometimes be like half of our job or even 75% of our job can be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then there's basic things like just hydration. I think everybody forgets to drink water these days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the key things that we talk to most clients about is making sure they're getting enough water. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So that's some like really kind of just broad sweeping nutritional recommendations for PCOS. But again, you know, where do you need to start? Don't start by trying to build a mountain. Just start with like small changes because small changes will be more sustainable and, you know, small changes lead to habits. Really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it all comes back to the individual and, <clears throat> and what works for you. So when you come to see us, we will work with you to find, you know, the best nutritional advice based mm. on you and your circumstances. And even the, the thing that's the biggest priority, because sometimes people are like, oh my God, I have to do all these things. So they don't do any of them. And it's like, well, okay, look, maybe we can't change that right now, but let's at least look at your breakfast and you can have X, Y, Z instead of this. And that will make a big difference for right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, so we talked about three things, nutrition, we talk about supplements briefly. <clears throat> yeah. Supplements are a big, a big thing that we can work with with yep. PCOS. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe like, I think the reality is that we always talk about the power of food, but when you're looking at a condition where the period might be completely absent, the hormones might've been out of whack for a very long time. Yeah. You probably need to help that along with something a little bit more concentrated than just food. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple of key ones. Did you want to go through them? I I think maybe we should maybe just... We could just look at sort of highlight the fact that there is definitely some really good research for various types of supplements that help with things like regulating ovulation. Yes. Yeah. Um, improving the response of cells to blood sugar and reducing insulin. Yes, yeah. Um, we've got supplements that we know in clinical research reduces testosterone levels. Yes. I just, <clears throat> sometimes it's it's hard to name supplements because then it's almost like you're encouraging people to go and, you know, shop online and buy, buy all this kind of stuff that they may not, they may not need. Like there's probably eight different supplements in our clinic that we could use for somebody with PCOS. But we wouldn't use all eight yeah. all the time, you know. We might go, oh, these are the these are the two that we need to focus on because your test results say X, Y, Z or exactly. your symptoms indicate this. Yes. So that's why it's important to work with a, a qualified practitioner yeah. um, around that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the thing to understand is that there's 
some great research in the nutrition field around nutritional supplementation and even herbal medicine interventions, but it needs to be used in the right amounts, in the right form, and in the right circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then the third intervention that we always look at is lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of lifestyle, exercise is a big one here for me. Um, it's just making sure that, you know, you're getting enough exercise um, just for the cardiometabolic, uh, you know, effects of exercise and also it can help with that um, insulin resistance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also <clears throat> within lifestyle, we want to look at sleep quality. Yep. Stress is another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can we minimize stress? Because obviously, well, stress has an impact on blood sugar as well. Okay. So... Um, we want to manage stress. Yes. Um, and that that's probably a good synopsis of all three, really. Nutrition, lifestyle, and supplementation. Yep. And so I guess if we had a client that walked in here today, we'd probably expect... I mean, we usually see clients within two to three weeks after an initial appointment to see how they're going. Yeah, and particularly if we're doing any testing, we like to, you know, we you need to do that testing and then follow up on that um, yeah. and adjust as we go. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd probably be looking at monthly follow-ups um, for at least, probably like for a four to six month period. Yeah. Because when you're looking at hormonal stuff, it's really going to take at least three months to get some big results because that's just how, I mean, even when you go on the pill, they say, or come off the pill, it's like three months to... To regulate, yeah. Yeah. So um, three months is a bit of a magic number as far as female hormonal conditions. Yes. But definitely after three months, you'd be seeing, you know, if you're on the right um, course of action, you'd be seeing some, some good, good results, results, particularly as far as skin health's concerned, maybe some of those male-dominating um, symptoms, some of the weight issues, you know. It's all about reversing it long term and gradually but you definitely be seeing some significant differences by that point in time yeah yep and regulating that cycle as well yeah which is cool yeah um so i mean i guess you could we can go back and look at it and go okay well you've kind of got two choices with you know something like a hormonal condition or pcos specifically if you're dealing with things like acne and you know um a regular cycle i mean you can use all kinds of pretty nasty things on your skin um like really things that dry out the oil and whatnot and you can go on the pill but the pill just stops you from ovulating and it's a synthetic hormonal treatment so it's not fixing the underlying cause yeah and it's not working on your own hormones it's just kind of overlaying it over the top yeah yeah so, you know, obviously if you go down the pathway of lifestyle and nutrition, it's, you know, there's a bit of, there's a bit of an investment there as far as time, um, come and see a nutritionist, time that you need to put into your diet and a commitment to improving your diet, a commitment to exercise. But it is an, it's a long-term health investment, really. Exactly. Yep. And I guess the motivation should be around, well, you know, even if you're 22 and you get diagnosed with PCOS, well, at 30 you might want to have kids, so you're better off addressing it at 22, not when you turn 30. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's some more more risk factors associated with PCOS, so we want to try to reverse it if we can, because then, you know, you're not at risk of some of those health complications. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty much it. I'd I think say. so. Yeah. Um, so if you've been listening in and 
maybe you've related to aspects of this podcast and you've you've got PCOS or you know somebody with PCOS or you have a daughter with PCOS and you know you want to look at what can I do to maybe really get on top of this not just you know not just I don't know fix the skin or fix one aspect of it then um come and see us at balanced nutritionist and thanks again for listening guys um we'll be back um soon with some more podcasts